Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Why a hello and a howdy. We're so very glad to see you. Cause we're getting kind of rowdy and we got a lot to say. And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you. And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Thank you, broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. So yeah, Teddy Hart kind of got away with the... uh, the Samantha Fiddler thing. It was one of those things like, mom, everybody knows it, but nobody's going to talk about it because nobody wants to bring it up. And the there's so much I want to say that I'm trying to filter on this band, to be honest. Because, you know, I, you know, I don't want to provoke them. Fuck them. I don't care. Um, that was ignored. He still got booked. And then it started creeping up. Every time he'd get a booking, you know, Twitter would be like, why are you booking this guy? Hello, this girl's missing, dead, probably. Why are you booking this guy? And promoters, until a couple of years ago, would ignore it because promoters are kind of shitty. And um, and Maria Manic, uh, I don't think you know who that is. Uh, and that tells a whole other story. Okay. But um, she was trained by Tremont, Matt Tremont, H2O, like trained her, mm-hmm. got her going. And she's someone who looks the We talked last week about wrestlers not looking the part. Mm-hmm. Maria Manic looks the part. Uh, should have been <laughs> on Ring of Honor, any TV show. There's no reason that she should have not been on TV because, A, she could go. She looked amazing. She looked amazing. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for her not to go. And she finally made a debut on Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. It was right around that time that uh, she started posting videos with uh, Teddy. Uh-oh. And I didn't even know they were dating. I had no idea. It was none of my fucking business. Mm-hmm. And they were off the wall. At first, it seemed like a happy, wild, fun couple who just didn't give a fuck about anybody else in that way. Like, fuck you, we do what you're, what, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. And uh, then as the videos progressed, like, eh, something's off here. Then the videos would stop. I don't remember the exact timeline. And then news started coming out about Maria dis- not news but Maria would disappear the right. accounts would go dead for a couple days and the fuck's going on and of course at the back of everybody's mind is Samantha Fiddler right <clears throat> to make a long story short right. too late too late one by one they all arrived <clears throat> it was coming out that he was beating the hell out of her I know shocked mm-hmm and at first, unfortunately, and uh, let me state, I am not saying this to you. Are, I am the, you're barking up the rhyme. I am the last person to victim blame. But as the victim, she was, of course, 
no, that's not what's going on. Right. This is what it. Of course, it was going on. Mm-hmm. Finally, came out about it, uh, and that's when that Twitter account I told you about, my favorite Twitter account ever, is Teddy Hart in Jail. Uh, look that one up. I don't know if that's even active anymore. I'll tell. <laughs> I'll tell the folks that that's active. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, that, uh, that ended the Sixers win back when the Sixers sucked. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 yes. He, I'm trying to look up, is Teddy Hart in jail? Hold on. You know, so it came out that uh, he was absolutely being abusive to her and then he'd go on the run and she i haven't seen her online in we're almost on a year and a half two years now wow so i don't know her status and you we uh, uh, to go back on just as a wrestling thing looking the part and miss spots fuck wrestling for not making something to her fuck you there's no way there's no way that boat ride should have been a bit. There's no earthly way. And I love China. Mm-hmm. And I will compare her to China as far as the way she looked right. and how she was. She was of that caliber. Mm-hmm. If you could train China and make her look good, You're right. Maria was 10 steps ahead of her as far as in ring. Wow. No fucking way. Mm-hmm. She should not have been something. Um. And Matt Tremont made that her or his uh, his project, his his project. I, yeah. He did, yeah. And then she unfortunately landed with him with Teddy, and the rest unfortunately is history. I don't know her status. I haven't really looked. The Teddy is Teddy Hart in jail. It does not exist anymore. Damn it! Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, he's probably dead. Well, I said all this to say, um, you yeah, are, really, you already, you since you already know so much, uh, I don't know if watching the documentary is going to um, uh, further um, incense you or just make it more intriguing. Uh, I didn't know any of this about te- only oh, God, what I knew about yeah. Teddy Hart was his reputation, his his police, his his rap sheet, and. The fact and the fact that he was the youngest wrestler ever hired by the WWE and the youngest to ever be fired from the WWE because he was uncoachable and unteachable. And in this documentary, we get I we see the whole thing. Now, it I'm and I'm leaving it up to you whether you to to watch it or not because you you know the man way better than me. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. I've just. But I kind I wanna, of forgot that was on because I need to watch it because we. Need I didn't to know it was on at all. I just heard that there was a Teddy Hart documentary. So oh, that's interesting. And then next thing, I, and then I heard about it like a month ago and completely forgot about it. Just like I do with anything Teddy Hart, I put it on my my mind. I was on the cock looking for something else. I was going to watch Nope because uh, I hadn't seen that in you know long weekend, and um, that was one of the movies that I kicked myself for not seeing in the theater. Because right, yeah. Jordan Peele, and so I'm going to watch Nope. And I, oh, that, looks, that looks tremendous, by the way. Yes. But I instead fell down the Teddy Hart um, Robin. Yeah, they put it right set front and center on that. Yeah. One. And that's what got me. Um, and it's only three episodes. Um, for the but best. it's it's 
produce, executive producer, is Kevin Dunn. Now, not that he had his, his he okayed the project or anything like that, but when you see in the stock footage, which is which was is awesome of the Hart family, um, you get the best shots of the Hearts, yeah. except for Owen. Yeah, but they showed Teddy's um, time when he was his brief time in the WWE and in Ring of Honor, and they showed the uh, the the show, the Ring of Honor show, where he uh, almost got his ass beat for going into business for himself by yep. doing yep. double, triple the the, the Lindy yep. uh, multiple times off a um, yeah uh, off the top of the cage. Then and made himself legitimately throw up, and to the point where, um, because I had heard about it, I thought that was legend. I didn't know though that actually happened, um, until I saw it uh, the the footage. But I heard that CM Punk was going to kick his ass after that because he had because this was that wasn't the main event that cage match where Teddy went into business for himself. There were other matches after that, and now the ring's covered in puke. And I remember Jim Cornette telling a story a long time ago. I didn't know what he was referencing, but he doesn't remember if CM Punk was going to kick his ass because he was too busy trying to stop physically, trying to stop Samoa Joe from going to the ring and kicking his ass. I mean, he had both hands around Joe's shoulders trying to stop him because he was... So I would have paid any amount of money to watch him try to kill him. Even now, I would pay any amount of money to watch yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, yes, it, go ahead. Finish not, no, just the, the 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 Teddy Hart documentary is on Peacock right now. Three episodes, very intriguing. The only thing I don't like is the um the sub the the host the um the narrator. He too much. He wanted to make it too much about himself, which is who is it? I it's some unknown dude that just wanted to. That saw Teddy Hart, the character, and thought that the the guy making the documentary wants to be a documentarian. He wants to get into reality TV. He thinks that I find a character and that folks will tune in to see. And he's looking for something like you know, like a, a like a Mama June or um, uh, Puck from Real World, or one of a reality star. That people are going to gravitate and just somebody that they're going to make famous, and he thinks this, Teddy. He thinks it's Teddy Hart. It did once. Once America sees this guy, he's going to be. I'm going to. He's going to make me a star. So the my my the thing that stuck in me for the documentary was the documentarian was making it too much about him, and he was just terrible. Uh, they they followed Teddy when the one time he was when he was arrested. Um, he was flying back to Canada because he has a warrant out for his arrest, so he's going to turn himself in. Yep. And the documentary um, was like waiting for Teddy. They got to the airport and they took Teddy away. And next thing I know, I see Teddy in handcuffs and he doesn't look happy. Why the fuck would he be happy in handcuffs? Yeah. <laughs> That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Uh. Teddy, he's surrounded by cops and he's handcuffed. And he doesn't look happy. Oh, gee. Well, why the fuck would you? The only time someone should be happy in handcuffs is if it's in bed. Yes, and there's no cameras unless you're into that sort. Well, of thing. I mean, yeah. unless you get paid, you can have the yeah, cameras exactly. you pay me. But yeah, 
but no, he, he goes back to he goes back to Canada to turn himself in because of the sexual assault allegations by the two women he had been living with. He fled to Texas of all places, but he tells a good idea, Teddy. But but he tells that that they're Teddy. I'll put this all on TV if you promise to turn yourself in, because Teddy wants to be famous as much as this guy wants to be famous. Yep. So Teddy goes. They go back to to uh, Canada, and they're waiting to go to the airport. And next thing you know, Teddy's stopped, and they pulled out. And then hours later. He goes, yeah. And then Dak, next thing I see Teddy, he's surrounded by cops. He's got his handcuffs on and he doesn't look happy. It's like, why the fuck would he Congratulations, numb nuts. Yeah. That the guy's a numb nuts. So see it and any uh listeners, viewers of HIC Talk Radio, if you've already seen it, I want to know what you think. And if you haven't seen it, uh and you know of Teddy Hart or know aware of Teddy Hart, watch it. And uh, let me know what you think. Well, I have I have two updates, so, so I'm glad you brought this up because I did a little searching and I found um, an answer. Marie Manic is living with family and she's doing fine. Cool. All right, so that's good. Number one. Number two, Teddy is still getting work, motherfucker. <laughs> and this is why you. wrestling will always be a cesspool <laughs> until the morons die off. I said it. Uh, USA Pro Wrestling has announced they are no longer working with veteran talent Teddy Hart. Hart was scheduled to work USA Pro Wrestling's who the fuck is that? Uh, 30th anniversary show in Orlando, Florida next month to pay off the previous debt. But the promoter announced they want no part of the controversial wrestler following allegations against him. Let me be clear. Let me be clear, Craig. Mm-hmm. They're very aware of the allegations against him. Oh, yes. How can you not be? Google Teddy Hart. I don't. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to follow up that comment. Was, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yes. You know the allegations. Again, it's yes. like a certain someone. Everybody knew Sammy beat his ex-wife. It's just mm-hmm. nobody cared. It's okay to say that. You're just easy to to out the morons. Um. So he was going to work this show to work off a of debt. Mm-hmm. And now, now, and the only, and again, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to book him now because the show came. You were going to have him on. And by the way, whether it's for character or not, anybody who shaves their beard like that, douchebag. Um, sorry. No, don't be sorry. Uh, attention, everyone. We will not be doing any business with Teddy Hart effective immediately. Teddy was to appear at our next event working off a previous debt from a years ago. From a years ago? What are they, Italian? Once we heard about once we heard about the allegations against him, we decided. Oh, you just heard that, huh? Yeah. Oh God, I hate wrestling. Ah, oh, fuck. I really try to like it still, and I just like it now. You know, you knew USA Pro Wrestling. Let me see if this post is on Twitter. Hold on, I got more to tie this up here. Yeah, they're on there. Uh, Hart has been in and out of trouble for years with various arrested incidents and the disappearance of ex-girlfriend Samantha Fiddler, he killed her has also been at a topic of discussion. it's like I'm sorry to bring it up again, it's like Snooka we, we yeah. all knew right? just covered up and the Vice documentary two years ago just yeah, uh, filled in the blanks and also confirmed what we all knew in the first place yes um and while Hart was not formally accused of any wrongdoing related to disappearance, many fans are now just learning of the situation. Bullshit! 
of the situation due to the release of Dangerous Breed, Crimes, Cons, Cats, documentary that Peacock released on Heart this past week. And notice it was nowhere near the WWE uh 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 what's the what's the fucking word I want to use? Tab. I guess I'll say tab. Yeah. I was like, that's separate. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna go over here. <laughs> um uh, Fiddler's been missing since the early morning hours of November 19th, 2016. The mother of three moved from Canada to Florida in 2016 to begin a career in MMA pro wrestling. Reportedly at the suggestion of Hart, she suddenly disappeared one night, and the police continued to hit dead ends in her case. Police have no suspects in Fiddler's, disapp- Fiddler's disappearance, and Hart was ruled out early in the investigation as he was in Texas with an alibi when she went missing. Hart told documentary, well, here you go, documentary and Frederick Crotich, Crotch, 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 we'll call him Crotch. Betsy has no idea what happened to Fiddler and doesn't know where she may be. Hart said by the time Fiddler moved to Florida, their relationship was over. He was settled in Texas. Hart added that he was not in regular communication with Fiddler, but he hopes she's out there somewhere and she's okay for the sake of her family and her children. Yeah, that's not what he says in the the documentary. And he didn't have an alibi. uh, No, he doesn't. That's he bullshit. Was, yeah. Um, and and uh, a guy that in the documentary, you see a guy that actually called him on his bullshit. You said you were in Texas. Well, um, so you got out of jail. You got out of jail on in November, and she went missing in December. So that whole month that you said you were, what were you doing? Where were you? That kind of, and he didn't have an answer. Um, the, the documentary uh, you know the the end of it was about Samantha Fiddler, and for and she disappeared, and maybe Teddy has his fingerprints on that. But all the the previous the women that had brought they were all over that documentary. Yeah, and so I'm assuming Maria is not in this documentary. No, you know, she's yeah. not in the documentary. But in the, but again, but but she but of all the but she. If it's everything you just said about her, Dan, I haven't heard of her until you mentioned it. Every fits the exact yeah. description of the women you'll see in this documentary. The exact same way. Teddy pulls them in. He makes them feel special. He prom- promises to, to break, to teach them wrestling, to break him into wrestling. If you, why the hell would you go to Teddy Hart to, to break into wrestling? And especially if you're a mother of three, why does anybody go to anybody? The promise of, I know people, I know connect, I have connections. That's yeah, why. But if, okay. but if, I, I agree. I, I get all that, Dan. But it's Teddy fucking Hart. How the hell is he going to get any? He can't even get himself on TV. So how the hell is he going to get somebody else on the word of I, this guy? I agree, man. So and and but and anyway, but I don't know. agree with you, man. When you, but when you see how Teddy lives and the the his house like his place and oh my god, just yeah, and and the way he treats women on camera and off, um, and from the beginning you see the women in the beginning of the documentary and then the same women at the end, and the ones in between that, you know the there, they oh well I you know Teddy's new girlfriend. Oh well, I don't know what those women were talking about. Teddy's really nice to me, and 
you know, all these allegations. I don't believe it. And then you go to that same woman, like later on in that episode or the next episode, and it's like, can you can you kind of see what they were talking about? The the previous women, the exact same thing. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's more than I ever thought I would be talking about Teddy Hart. I wanted to get your opinion because I know you you spent more time with Teddy Hart. I've I've barely yeah, Barely. but I mean, you've been, I've been on, I've been two shows that Teddy Hart has wrestled at, but you've yeah. been in locker rooms with Listen, him and that, you know, you know, not enough to, uh, I was never going to approach the guy. Yeah. There's only two, three people that I was just, I was in a room with where I'm like, I, I'm not going to introduce myself. Uh, do Jack. Mm-hmm. Sandman, because he was not having a good day. Yeah. Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. Even Virgil. Yeah. Even Virgil, I walked up to, you know, with the talent card. We were all there working the same show. Hey, you want to buy a print for $10? No. No, sir. (laughs) I'm, uh, no. Thank you, though. I just want to introduce myself. I'll see you later. Love you, dude, but no, not, not, no. Five? Five? Five dollars? No, Teddy Hart is a uh, 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 <laughs> Teddy Hart's a piece of shit. Yes, I mean it's just when when when, and I don't want to name names because I like I like most of the people that have said, well, if you don't like it, just stop watching it. Which brings me to, well, I want it to be better. I can wish for better. Uh, when people bring that up, I'm like, Exhibit A. Of just, well, what? because it just kept going and going and steamrolling and steamrolling and more people got hurt and more people got hurt. And here we are. Someone's missing. Oh, it wasn't him. Maria Manic's uh, career was derailed. Well, a hell of a talent. Also, it's a person that was harmed because of this gumbag allowing, being allowed to just do. That's why I get mad. Yeah, there's no social justice warrior shit here. I want actual change, and that's why I'm loud about it because I want actual change because actual change hasn't happened. And until then, this useless, fat. Thanks for pointing that out. I had no idea. By the way, Twitter had no idea. I thought it was in great shape. This useless, big-headed, fat, loudmouth, wop. From Philly, South Jersey, we'll continue to be loud about it until you stop me. I've already been, my reputation's already been soured by people who used to wrestle in Delaware. They can't even fucking wrestle in Delaware anymore because nobody goes there to see them. Wrestle in a church in front of 20 people, but I'm the douchebag. Anyway, we'll get me started. I do right. want to point out that one of my favorite people who tunes into the show every now and then, Polygon Princess, just uh, is going off about twi- uh, Elon Musk, as one should. Yes. Uh, just the, and, and don't say, go make it political. This isn't politics. This is a rich douchebag being a fucking douchebag who's yeah. saying, I want free speech. No, no, there's a difference between free speech and hate speech, and what he wants is hate speech. He wants mm-hmm. to tr- Twitter to turn into like 5chan or something. Uh, I don't <laughs> care if Twitter burns down because I'm still going to be pretty and I'm still going to have nice boobs. And that to is that, true. I, and to that, I replied, me too. <laughs> sir before we talk about more modern wrestling and we're waiting for uh sir derek to show up or not yeah. it's time to take us to the past 
I would gladly take it to the past, Dan, because I'm currently sick of the present. I don't know why you would be that. (laughs) I'd rather go back to a time where instead of a premium live event, I'd watch a (laughs) pay-per-view. I actually would leave my my home, and I did this uh, a week ago, a week, not a week ago, um, many years ago this week to see a, I uh, a pay-per-view because I couldn't get, I didn't, I couldn't get a pay-per-view. So I went down, I left my home on Thanksgiving night, Dan walked 10 blocks to take a bus, took the yeah. bus to the Brawnally subway, took the subway to city hall and walked from broad street to 34th and Spruce to the convention center, Philadelphia Civic Center, excuse me, to see I was Starcade in, in Chi, Chi-Town Rumble. That's commitment. That's what I would do for wrestling. Chi-Town, that's fucking commitment. But yes. as far as Chi-Town Rumble, it does give us one of the best matches the last 40 years, but continue. And that, <laughs> what on Thanksgiving night, I did that. What families did throughout the country on Thanksgiving that traditionally back in the day, folks, professional wrestling on Thanksgiving was a rite of passage or the French say rite de passage. That's when wrestling was king where holidays were a day, not just to celebrate family, but to celebrate with your family by going to the arena. And this happened nationwide and where pay-per-views were actually pay-per-views and not premium live events. And buy rates were a thing, and wrestlers would actually get paid more for appearing on a pay-per-view. Uh, titles changed hands. It was a big deal. You got to see your favorites going up against your other favorite main event talent. Going up against main event talent and not underneath, guys. And all this from a glorious path that took place in high school gymnasiums, coliseums. Convention centers, civic centers, stadiums. This, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Uh, we're going to go back this week in professional wrestling history. Did I leave off last week with the? I left off last week with the first Starcade. Correct. Uh, Nineteen eighty-three. Correct. Yeah, sir. Yes, correct. No, I'm saying correct. I wasn't. I was okay. I thought you were saying Craig. I think no, 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 no. Correct. 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 Corey, who's erect? Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, a a significant date for some reason, November 25th, uh, 1985. A significant date. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Well, you'll see later why this date was significant, November 25th, uh, on two different um, cards on the same day. November 25th, 1985. In Madison Square Garden, WWF Women's Champion Wendy Richter went up against the Spider Lady, who would reveal herself to be, under the mask, Hmm. the fabulous Moolah. This, gentlemen and ladies, was the original screw job. Because prior to this bout, Wendy Richter, who was the top not only top female star in the WWF, just one of the top stars 
altogether. 1985, wrestling was on fire all across the country, and especially in the WWF, they pulled it <gasps> Sorry, fire. I got, I panicked. To be the number one wrestling promotion in the world. But it was so big that they were running, that WWF was running three shows in three different parts of the country at the same time. So a main event in one part of the country will be Hogan. A main event in another part of the country will be Sergeant Slaughter. And a main event in the third part of the country would be Wendy Richter. That's how popular and that's how, how big she was. Uh, that the women's champion would be main eventing house shows across the country. Well, uh, knowing she was getting really big, uh, Wendy uh, wanted to get a uh, new contract. And the offer that um, she had in mind was different than what the uh, WWF was offering her. And she said, well, why don't we come back and, and we will renegotiate again at a later date? And they said, fine. So Wendy Ricky was on the impression that everything was well and good. Up until November 25th, when in the ring against the Spider Lady, uh, she had a match against the Spider Lady, which was very uh, sloppy, turkey-jerky, and you see the finish, which is available on YouTube, where the Spider Lady rolls up Wendy Richter, and despite Wendy kicking out and keep and upping her shoulders off the mat, the referee continued to count to three, called for the bell, and gave the bell to the fabulous to the Spider Lady. And then right after it was over, Spider Lady took off her mask, and Howard Finkel, the ring announcer who had to be in on it, said, and the winner and new World Wrestling Federation Women's Champion, the Spider Lady? He said with a question mark. It was obviously Moolah. Wendy, knowing what just happened, throws haymakers at Moolah that Moolah doesn't sell, but they're legitimately stiff shots. Since Wendy knows what's happening, Moolah leaves the ring with the belt. Wendy Richter, visibly upset, walks out too. And Wendy Richter never appeared in the WWF ever again. Not until she was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame 32 years later. Uh, I guess uh, nobody can see that live because it's copyrighted. Well, never mind. <laughs> well, I saw I saw the on the on the on a Twitter feed. Um, I think that might have been it. Uh, that it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, but yes, Who did that. That was the uh, or it might have been wrestling eighties nineties. Um, that was the original screw job. Um, Wendy Richter had a, a negotiation. And uh, didn't go well, so they took the belt offer. Worth every second for the look on your face, uh, TL Fire, Craig. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and if you are a fan of the NWA and the history of the NWA, stay tuned. Uh, but staying on November 25th, I said it was a significant date. Uh, November 25th, 1985 was the original screw job. But exactly seven years later, November 25th, 1992, Main event Survivor Series, the WWF champion took on the then Intercontinental champion, and it was the first pay-per-view main event between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. 
I think um, that that uh, those two might be cursed. Yeah, to but just hate each other. This particular bout, November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two, uh, went off without a hitch. Great match. Brett, the WWF Headweight Champion, Sean, the Intercontinental Champion, uh, their first pay per view main event match ever. Survivor Series 1992 went up without a hitch. Of course, we wouldn't know what happened exactly five years later. But I was going to say that match happened before uh, Brett ripped a whole bunch of hair out of Sean's head because Sean's being a dickhead. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair. To be fair. That's why when everybody tries to blame Brett for that, and I don't know we're not going to talk about it this time because we've talked about it like six or seven times extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever somebody tries to blow well, Brett, I'm like, look, Sean started the bullshit. Like, I get it. I get time honored tradition. Brett screwed. Yeah, I get it. But like, Sean broke that first, no, flat Sean. out telling him. Yeah. So I no, I can blame Brett for a lot of things. Like, that's not one of them. And the thing is, everyone in the locker room was on Brett's side because Sean was a prick. You know, anyone who ever yeah. met Sean at the yeah. time who did Sean was a prick. But they also knew that um, Brett wasn't going along with whatever he, did, you know, in order to drop the belt, which Brett was more than willing to do. Like he said on a on, uh, direct quote, I drop it to the Brooklyn Brawler. I just didn't want to drop it to Sean, and I didn't want to drop it to him in Canada. It'd be funny if he said that to Vince. like, okay, can you lose it to Brooklyn uh, Brawler on Monday? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but you said. Then you have it. Then you have something against Brett. But no, no, nobody. No, you can't turn that around on Brett. I'm sorry. No, Sean was a Sean was a prick. Uh, Sean was a prick. No. He was admitted self. He was a self admitted prick. Uh, but thank God he found Jeebus and all that. Yes, thank praise <laughs> and praise with, Jeebus. and the Nitro Girl. Yeah, praise Jeebus. Uh, November twenty sixth, uh, very historic date in professional wrestling history. Uh, November 26, 1987, exactly 35 years ago this week, Dan, was the first and only time that the WWF and the NWA would go head-to-head on pay-per-view. Remember the first time they went, they did shows opposite each other with WrestleMania 4 and Clash of Champions, but Clash of Champions was on basic cable. And more people ended up seeing Ric Flair that day than Hulk Hogan, but smart the, decision. Yes, the, but November twenty sixth, nineteen eighty seven, they were going head to head on pay per view. The WWF would have its first ever uh, Survivor Series in Richfield uh, Coliseum. You need the peepers, the cheaters for this one to get the exact <laughs> quote, uh, or to get the exact. Um, that was the. Uh, <laughs> what I remember both was the the tag team Survivor Series. Five that was the best on five. Five tag teams on one side of the ring and five tag teams on the other. Amazing! You had the 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 faces, Strike Force, the British Bulldogs, the Rougeos, the Killer Bees, and the Young Stallions <laughs> against the Heart uh... Foundation Demolition. The Islanders, the Bolsheviks, and Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine. <laughs> God damn it. Those were the good old days, Those man. Those were the good old days, yeah. God damn it. 
What is this? Jumping Bomb Angels and Velvet McIntyre getting to shine on pay per view? Yes, great yep. match between those those four. Yeah, Jumping was... Bomb Angels were my favorite tag team on earth at that time in 1987. Really? Oh my god, yes. Wow, love me. Nobody some says that, Craig. That's a... <laughs> they were phenomenal. They man. should ahead of their time. Seriously, yeah. all the stuff that you see now. Jumping Bomb Angels. Uh. Yes, started with Jumping Bomb Angels. They were the they were the tiger mask of the tag team division as far as um, women wrestling is concerned. Women tag team wrestling. So no one before or since has have been as good to, to touch them. It's but one yes. of those matches where there was before and after. Yeah, you knew, I knew where I was, but that was the WWF was killing it in Richfield Coliseum. Uh, that way, and uh, Andre versus Hogan. Uh, they again stole the uh, WrestleMania three fallout. On opposite sides of their particular teams, and Hogan was eliminated. Andre uh, was a sole survivor. Bam Bam Bigelow though came out the uh, big winner in that, is he had to go one, three on one against Andre, One Man Gang, and King Kong Bundy. God, I miss I miss Bam Bam so Bam much. Bam, and Bam Bam eliminated One Man Gang and Bundy by himself. Uh, but between fatigue and Andre, couldn't get by Andre. So Andre won and was a sole survivor. Uh, the opening bout, though, was the uh, the five-man survivor series with the Macho Maniacs. Uh, Randy Savage's team of Brutus Beefcake, Hacksaw Duggan, and two former foes, Jake the Snake Roberts and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, all teaming up. Um, in the end, they all got to uh, Honky Tonk Man was the last one. Three on one between Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, and Randy Savage, and ho- and Honky Tonk Man, ever the heel, took a powder, left, and was counted out. And you had Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, and Jake the Snake Roberts in the ring victorious. The, uh, still a picture I can't believe I saw and never saw again. Uh, meanwhile, in the NWA, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, back of the Hall of Justice, uh. Starcade had been the crown jewel of the NWA Thanksgiving night, going back decades. And uh, it was Dusty's, Dusty, the brainchild of Dusty Rhodes to have the first Starcade, 1983. I uh, had it on pay-per-view, closed circuit, it wasn't on pay-per-view, but it was on closed circuit television, shown in, uh, in Atlanta, in Florida, and in Puerto Rico. Uh and like I said, Thanksgiving, especially in the Jim Crockett promotional territory, huge night. Always sell out the Charlotte Coliseum uh, every year. And so, but in uh, 84, 83 and 84, big sellout. 85, they just they decided to do it at Charlotte and Atlanta, call it Scar Starcade the Gathering, trying to capitalize on both big markets in the NWA. But you're splitting your two biggest towns to try to capitalize. Uh, 86 was in Baltimore, but 87 was in Chicago, which has always been a big NWA town, but you're taking it out of the South. You're taking it to a big market, third biggest market in the United States. Not always a big wrestling market, but they thought there would be a, prime numbers and you had some great matches uh dusty versus lex luger for the united states championship 
uh, the Rock and Roll versus the Midnight in yet another scaffold match. Uh, Ric Flair trying to regain the NWA Heavyweight Championship from Ronnie Garvin. But the main event, what I wanted to see, why I traveled out of my home, take a bus, subway, walk 15 blocks on Thanksgiving night to see the NWA Tag Team Champions, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson's. I wanted to see their uppance come at the hands of the hometown heroes, the Road Warriors. This would be the night that they would finally be NWA Tag Team Champions. And the Road Warriors won by disqualification. <laughs> and, Tell- and Tully and Arn left with the belts and left the NWA killing Chicago business forever. Yeah. And so the final tally, even though that was a fun night, it was a, all the matches I took, I had a blast. Those were great matches. All of them, even Dusty versus Luger, uh, was a great bout. But the final numbers, Dan, uh, the Starcade in Chicago at the UIC Pavilion, at about 8,000 fans. Oof. Survivor Series in Richfield Coliseum, Cleveland, 21,328 fans. But the big numbers were the buy rate. The fifth annual Starcade did a 3.3. The first ever Survivor Series did a 7.0. And there is no reason that should happen. Nope. Nope. Uh, Holzbert uh, chimed in with favorite Starcade bout was Koloff beating Taylor for the TV title unification, and yeah. also we're all in agreement. Uh, Holzbert says leaving Greensboro was a big mistake. Big mistake. Don't uh, you don't leave so South for Starcade. Starcade. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. A. Hey. <laughs> uh, yes. Um. So that was uh, Starcade. That was the first and only time. WWF and NWA went head-to-head in pay-per-view, and like the last time, because the NWA learned a lesson. And to further compact what we just said about leaving the South for Starcade, uh, look what happened when it went to D.C. You had Sting and Hogan, which would have been great, but Hogan was like, can't job. And then you had Goldberg and Nash, where, um, even though I think it's great, the majority of wrestling fans are like, that was stupid. And then the next year you had Goldberg and Bret Hart's career in DC. But each year, the big story is look at the attendance. Yeah. Each year that Starcade happens in DC. And it's the Sting and Hogan one's way, way here. Mm-hmm. And I think by 2000, it was like 6,000, 8,000 at a major hockey arena. It's a slight problem for your big pay per view. It's just, you know, just can't. Uh, and also this week, uh, November 28th, 1991, 31 years ago this week, uh, again, Survivor Series, 1991. I forget the town. I uh, forget the gate. What I do remember is <laughs> Ric Flair coming down in his robe, not even on the card, but in his wrestling gear, coming down his robe to witness the WWF Heavyweight Championship bout. With Hulk Hogan, um, getting in the distracting Hogan, of course, with his flashy robe, 
so much so that Hogan leaves the ring and hits Ric Flair and knocks him down, which enables Hulk Hogan's opponent, The Undertaker, to take full advantage of it. And with the referee's back turned, Ric Flair slides a metal chair in the ring, and The Undertaker tombstones Hulk Hogan on top of the chair, folds his arms, and the referee counts to three, legitimately. And for the first time, other than Andre, which was with a phony referee, Hulk Hogan is pinned. And The Undertaker, November 28, 1991, wins his first ever world championship. Never mind, two years earlier, Mean Mark Callis is wrestling a house show in the NWA. And two years later, he is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion and pins Hulk Hogan. And that began the upper trajectory of the greatest creation, that the, the greatest thing that WWE ever created, The Undertaker. That you absolutely despise. Do not despise The Undertaker. Uh, like Bob Dylan, I don't get it. Don't hate Bob Dylan. Just don't get it. I'm not going to deny his popularity. I'm not going to deny how important he is to a pop culture, to music itself. One of the greatest American songwriters of all time. Don't see what the big deal is. I could. It's a little bit like Springsteen for me. Springsteen's been everywhere, and everyone's been genuflecting every place. The guy, he looks amazing for his age. He's he's still doing. He's going back on tour. God bless him. But don't don't get it. Great guy tells great stories. Same thing with Mark Mark Calloway. I can listen to that guy talk all day. He's got tons yeah. of stories, and he's a, and outside of his political beliefs, great guy. I haven't heard one bad thing, you know, about him. That uh, I mean, I, I would disagree that the wrestlers' court is a great thing. No, it's not a great thing. No, that that would be bad. There's one, but anyway, I, I'm sorry. I no, I like the idea of there being a locker room leader. I think every uh, locker room leader, yes, yes, yes. not I, that way. We're humiliating women and other men. For uh, it's stupid. It's yeah, what, that's 1950. Yeah, that no. Yeah, so I I like the the fact that people always look towards him at the end. We talked about the Montreal screw job. That's what I was about to bring up. One of my favorite underlying story about that whole thing is after that, uh, him wasn't it him that kicked in the door like you owe an explanation mm-hmm. to Brett to Vince. But the PS to that is WrestleMania fourteen, Sean versus Austin and Undertaker just sitting alone in front of. Uh, one of the monitors sitting backwards in the chair with his ta- fist taped up because yeah. if Michaels didn't do the job, Michaels was going to get an ass whooping for real shoot. Yes. And he said when the pin number, uh, I think uh, uh, the aforementioned, not so much praise, but kind of annoying. Sometimes Jim Cornette said that when the pin number, when the pin happened, yeah. take her on, started on unwrapping, unwrapping his fist, stood yeah. up, walked away. And that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, so in that respect, yes, I've always had respect for the Undertaker. That I just, I wouldn't sure. pay a dime to see him. Nope. I, I don't get it. And I don't think I, I like, ever have. Yes, I, I like Mark Calloway. I, Mark Callis. I, I thought, um, I love the Master of Pain gimmick. I love him running. I love 
a big man that can move like that. Uh, the guy that can move like that, yeah, yeah. Before Mark, before Mark Awesome, before Mike Awesome, where's Mark Calloway? Yes. Plain and simple. Yeah, but now he's moving like slow, and he's doing the, the well. I mean, you know, set up and everything. Yeah. Well, well, it 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 went with my hatred of the WWF making everyone a cartoon character, and it's yeah, like, yeah, got to have a gimmick, and so that and that colored my resentment of the Undertaker, and it followed him me through the rest of his career. But um, this for this podcast not about my disinterest or. The fact Tell that, me what else you hate about the other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just no. He's the most. He's the most overrated wrestler in to me that's ever been uh, held in high regard. Yeah. Like I said, wouldn't pay a dime. Wouldn't pay a dime to see him. But I'm not here to disparage the Undertaker. I'm here to give respect and give honor to this week in wrestling history. He won his first heavyweight championship by beating Hulk Hogan two years. Now he he debuted on Survivor Series a year earlier, and now he's beaten Hulk Hogan two years prior to that. He was in the NWA out of a job. And look where he is. And But all praise to uh, uh, Mark Callis and the millions and millions of fans that he, that he has, because I know I'm in the minority <laughs> of, uh, of not liking The Undertaker, but um, 31 years ago, it's been a hell of a career. He won his first heavyweight championship. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Uh, Holzbert says, as far as uh, Ric Flair helping Taker win uh, against Hogan, worth it for Heenan's joy. Yes. And, and to my reply was, anything's worth it for Heenan's joy. If you listen to the commentary between between Heenan and Monsoon, Monsoon is apoplectic that A. Hogan has lost, and how could they have such a miscarriage of justice? And I never, and Heenan's like, finally, Hulkamania is dead. Well, Rain, what earthly business does Ric Flair have going down to the ring? I don't know. And girl, like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so Give good. Give me a break, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> anybody comparing commentary today to those two is out of their fucking mind. Yeah, listen, much respect. I have, I don't like Michael Cole. I don't like Michael Cole. I have nothing against Michael Cole as a person. Don't like his commentary, never did. Obviously, I'm in the minority because he's been doing it for almost 40 years. I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Corey Graves has moments of brilliance. Um, the AEW commentary is a fucking mess. I'm sorry of all the things that we could debate that are good or bad about that show. Uh, the commentary, we should get Dean on to talk about AEW commentary because he says three people is too much. And sometimes they have five or six normally. So uh, that's a mess. But nothing, nothing will ever and has ever touched before or after Monsoon and Heenan a, a, a distant second. And with all due respect, it's a distant second to King and Waller during the, 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 the peak of the Attitude Era. They are Hell no. Hell no. Just never. Never. I could watch the most boring I don't know who the F this is matches on old school WWF 
if it's Heenan and Gorilla commentary, I will just lean back and listen to him. I don't give a shit. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is that. <laughs> is That is why they were that good. Uh, before, we for, before I forget, Cole sounded good during that one match when Foley beat The Rock. Yeah. I can't dis I can't disagree. That's a great moment, and which was always, you know, the PS to that is always elevated by the fact that Bischoff told Tony to be a complete douche on Nitro and give it away. People were like, oh, I'd rather watch that. Fuck you. Click. Right. Um so Holzbert posed a question on Twitter. Yes. And I got I got to ask you. Mm-hmm. What is the more notable War Games moment? I'm going to stick a third uh, option in here. Okay. But the original two options were the Road Warriors breaking JJ, Sid almost murdering Brian. Those are the first two. Those are Holzbert's original choices. Uh, You know what? Off the original choices, and I'll throw in an honorable mention. Uh, off those two original choices, what do you think is the more notable moment of war game? Oh, it was uh, the Road Warriors breaking JJ's shoulder because that was unscripted. And um, also that same match, uh, Nikita uh, broke his neck. Um, two oh, God, that's right. Were compressed uh, in his neck from a, a, a bad pile driver. I mean, they had done the pile driver spot a lot of times, but Nikita, for, don't forget. Only been in the biz two years, still greener than grass, and not used to taking pile drivers because he's been a Superman heel all of his life. But now he's, and because it was the war games, this is the first time anyone ever seen anything like this. Again, yeah. Dusty Rhodes' brainchild, and what I said about main event talent in the war games, you have your the your top guys, Dusty, Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors. Lex uh, Barry Windham going up against the Horsemen and J.J. Dillon, or the it was the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering at this point, uh, and Dusty and Nikita. So you had your your four top faces and your four top heels and their manager in a cage with a roof on top, two rings with a roof on top. No one had ever seen anything like this before in their life, and the the way that it was booked, this is the the War Games. The match beyond. There's no rules. There's no pinfalls. There's no submission. Only when all ten men in does the match beyond start, and it can only end when somebody gives up. None of this pinfall shit. None of the, and we don't need to bring in tables or chairs or candlesticks from outside. It's ten men that hate each other. We've been watching these guys for the last six months to a year jump. The, the horsemen jump each other, jump Dusty, jump Nikita, jump the Road Warriors, cheat the Road Warriors out of the NWA tag team title in Starcade. Do everything they can, break Dusty's arm. The, Magnum's gone. Nikita had to turn face just to honor Magnum. Now they're now the horsemen are attacking Nikita. Now we finally get these. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. We're gonna get these guys in there and oh, and when the they held up JJ, who was a fine wrestler, but again, not an active wrestler, putting on the tights for the first time all year because the manager was the, the, the weasel. 
that you want to see them get their hands on. Just that one, get get their hands on that Dylan. I'm gonna kill you. Son with of that bitch. shoe that he pulls in, or that he's always interfering on behalf of the guys to help the help the horsemen keep their belt. But when he took that doomsday device, or when he the 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 backdrop of the shoulder landed, obviously hadn't been just like Nikita taking the the pile driver. Not used to it. He landed wrong. Landed shoulder first. Uh, it wasn't helped by their momentum, no, or angle in the cage because of the roof. Yeah, because they couldn't afford a high where it is now. The the roof was only about you couldn't even climb to the top rope. The roof was, it was a, five more inches. Dusty. Yeah, it was about eight five. feet. Five. It was yeah, it was about just, eight feet. Just give us ten feet total. Just two. Feet. Um, but budget. Um, but what made it significant was. Though all the war games were taking place uh, at house at stadium shows, so they had to keep going. So J.J. Dillon had to show up the next night in a in a cast when his, his arm in a sling. Nikita showed up with his neck in a brace, so they had to keep. That's what, and it but it drove home the breath of fans like me. You can really get hurt. This is serious. These guys as, hate each other. As Holzbert said, it's what's really set the tone for War Games was. Yes, that's what it was. Like, oh, 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 man, they're bringing out the War Games, and that that means this shit is real. That oh. means these guys <laughs> can't stand each other. And that and I and I know we're going to talk about these past weekend's War Games in a second. Uh, but what made it special is you had main event talent, your top faces going against your top heels, uh, with Sids and uh. Brian Pillman, that was just an, that was a product of Sid being hairless. Um, Sid being Sid. Sid being Sid. So I just said, damn, I when I, I just remember seeing that, damn, that looked bad. That yeah. looked really oh, bad. It was bad. I really hope he's okay. Whereas with um, with uh, JJ and uh, Nikita, I didn't know how bad it was until the next, until, you know, you saw, after the pile driver, you saw Nikita legitimately yelling in pain. Ouch! <laughs> uh, I mean, what? But I mean, he's still. But the match wasn't over when all these things happened, and the match wasn't over. They had to keep going. Um, but it, it lent a real um, uh, realism to, if I can use that term, when talking about professional wrestling. But War Games was uh, was no joke. Um, so JJ Dillon's injury really illustrated that that um, this was. Um, uh, a really serious thing for a really serious. Do you want to blow off a feud? Have the war games because somebody's going to get hurt. I, I I do my honorable mention, and you might not agree, and that's why I'm I'm putting it as an honorable mention because with all the points we all just mentioned, you really can't dismiss the uh, 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 Road Warriors breaking JJ. But as far as a storyline and moment. Uh, honorable mention to Sting beating the hell out, holy hell out of fake Sting and the rest of the NWO in 1996 and then going, ah, yeah, you, you guys thought, eh, well, F you, I'm out of here. My actual favorite War Games moment, and the, to me, it's still all of the best War Games of all time, uh, was Great American Bash 1989 with... Again, the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and Dr. Death Steve Williams taking on the Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team managed by Paul Lee Dangerously. Just the sight of they still had the low roofs, 
of Steve Dr. Death Williams press slamming Terry Gordy eight times over his head yeah. while the back while Terry Gordy's back banged up against the cage roof. Absolutely amazing. Still my favorite war games of all time because everyone was on point. And again, you had four of the best tag teams in wrestling at the time, two of the most influential tag teams of all time, the Road Warriors and the Freebirds, uh, locked in a cage. And you put Doc and Gordy on opposite sides. Yeah. Early Samoan SWAT team, early young Rikishi. Great stuff. My That's my favorite war games. Tiny Rikishi. Yeah, Holzberg says, Sting walking out had me in my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. The last great, perfect, and complete, well... Not complaint because then the NWO was kind of weird after a couple months, but uh, where maybe I'll give it a year. But um, the last complete storytelling was they can buy anybody and they even got Sting. Oh, no, they didn't, though. Big moment, big moment. But yeah. Um, and you know what? A DDP winning an otherwise really stupid war games <laughs> because, you know, it, I really thought DDP was going to be the one to beat Goldberg. I really did. And I, and I know it didn't happen, but that was still like, okay, maybe he's not just going to be U.S. champion forever. <laughs> uh, I don't think Derek's going to show up. Oh. So, but, you know, I, I <laughs> offer him. If he comes, he comes. And if he doesn't, uh, comes next week. And you know what? I'm not I'm not fixing that. I'm going to leave it. It's when the NWO started adding Bubba and Rotunda. It got blown. Hey, 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 hey. We don't talk. I don't care. We don't talk bad about Rotunda ever. It's just Bubba. Rotunda was fine in the NWO, even though he never wore the shirt. Yeah. Whatever that meant. Uh, speaking of war games, and I'm kidding, Holzberg. <laughs> you, you're right. Um, I'll give you six, you know, because it's the click. I'll give you them. Mm-hmm. I'll give you Hogan, whatever. The only time I ever liked Hogan as a character, still a god awful person. Uh, but uh, yeah, Buff Norton, Bubba, Rotunda. Started Bert, getting, uh, yeah, when you you're starting getting too big, um, that's when you you lose. Yeah. That's what killed yeah, it. I, yeah, I like Varsity Club, Mike. Goddamn right. Yes, I will never forget. The last time, because I, I, you know, I was a WCW guy. I was going to the Civic Center and then the Spectrum. Every time they came through and I saw Rotunda a handful of times. But the last time I saw him live was when he was, I don't know what he was, producer, I guess, of house show matches. And at uh, whatever the hell they call it now, but the arena at George Mason University, the basketball arena. Um Saw a house show there in 2012, and Rotunda is at the. I'm right across. I'm. It's never the first time I've ever been against a rail at a WWF show, but it was right on the uh, entrance way. Right across to the other side of the entrance way was Rotunda at the ta- table. And of course, I kept eyeballing him. I was like, "Fucking like Rotunda right there!" Holy shit! And at one point, when there was a lull with the announcing of the ring and no entrances coming in. I guess Rotunda stood up and was just looking around, whatever, waiting for the next cue. And I started a Rotunda chance. <laughs> Mike Rotunda. Mike. And he was like, 
Thank you. Yes, the Patriot Center. Thank you, Holzbert. Uh, it's called like the Free Bank or the Free Center Bank Patriots Arena schmuck face something now. Um, but yeah, and he just went, yes, thank you. And I was like, yeah, I did that. I did that for you, Mike. For you, baby. For you. For you, IRS. For you, Michael uh, Wall Street. For you, debt father of Bray. For you, Michael Wall Street. For you, Michael Wall Street. For you, for you, um, Captain. Captain Captain Mike. Hold on, what else we got? That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Made it work. Yeah. He was a quality wrestler. Didn't matter. Syracuse's finest. Yes, right. God damn it. I I love the hell of the I it wasn't very long, but I I marked out when they came back at late ninety-nine with uh Lay Meow. Lay Meow. I can't believe I said those words out loud. Uh, who would jump on a trampoline? <laughs> it's just random. I don't, even myself as a red, hot-blooded, 15, 16 year old kid, when when Ke- in the middle of the match, it was Doctor Death, it was Sullivan, and it was Rotunda and Leia Vial, and they would just in the middle of the match make her get on the trampoline at ringside and jump on it. It, like it completely there's no flow to it i'm like why is this happening i am confused <laughs> am i aroused or am i watching the am i happy about the match you know and she also was famous and the night come on i want to lay it that's the top the ecw arena fade out <laughs> i don't think that's ever been uncensored thank you very much um yes this, but we'll get back on track dan speaking of war games uh, this past weekend was war games. Yeah. Uh, and I will, uh, the first thing I'll say is, and I know we don't have to bring this up because we've, we kind of hit upon it earlier and you know, there, I even tweeted about it. There is no, it's like comparing Godfather with Godfather three. Godfather three was going to fail because it was the third movie behind Godfather and Godfather two, no matter how bad or good you think it is. And when you watch, it's not that bad. If you maroon Sofia Coppola, it's just as good as the first two. <laughs> but unfortunately, listen, I always ask, we, Kelly and I talk about Sofia Coppola in that. It was like, she was like, listen, if my dad came to me and said, you, this is the first movie you're going to be in. I want you to act in it and you get to make out with Andy Garcia. Yeah, I'm taking that. Well, actually, your dad would come to you and said, honey, Winona Ryder canceled. You're up. <laughs> you're up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Ray Wilson curse. It's yeah. the Ray Wilson curse. Listen, Holzbert, you say that. Now, what she's, uh, what, uh, what Holzbert is re- uh, referencing is the Genesis album without Phil, the last Genesis album without Phil, because there was two before him anyway. Uh, I love calling all stations. <laughs> it's, it's still Mike and Tony writing music. Now, it was once put to me by Kelly that, you know, that the only thing that album's missing is it's, is it's Ranger. Which happened to be Phil, who when he first came into the band, when they were writing music or, or replaying, he'd be like, Maybe that doesn't need to be that long. Maybe we cut the keyboard solo here at the twelfth bar, not sixteen. <laughs> you know? So they lost that. It was Mike and Tony running. But yes, it is the Ray Wilson curse where everybody was like, Who gives a shit? <laughs> who cares? Uh, you can't compare, just in case you thought I went off track. You cannot compare war games, even in the late 90s, to uh, war games now. It's just a different kind of match. And that's okay. It was never going to be the same again. Of course, you don't have the roof on top anymore. Um, 
it's a different kind of match that happens inside. Uh, but I will say this. I thought the show was fun. I can't think of a single moment where I was like, oh, fuck this whole thing. I, I enjoyed. I love Congo. Me too. Holzberg. That's a great single. Uh, it's a great song. There's good stuff on that. Sorry. Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Too late. Uh, but yeah. I, I, no, no, I'm not. I'm coming back. I, I thought it was a fun. I loved the war games matches for what the, you know, again, ignoring this is, we'll call it war games version two. Cause again, there's no comparing to the original war game. It was a fun show. It was a fun premium live event. It, that it was. Um, huh. well, I you seem so thrilled about this. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but like I said, with the you, all the comparisons you made, you were you were spot on. Um, this is uh, comparing our the war games that we watch and grew up on to this is night and day because, like I've said, as a, in the historian or not in the historian, but when we talk about previous war games, it was your top guys, your main event talent, and Nothing against the brawling brutes, stupid fucking name. It but, is a stupid name, and the shirt. Does but not you know work. that was a Vince name, you know. And I, and I, I know Triple H can change everything else, but I, I obviously his hands were, were hamstrung on that. That it already had been copyrighted, copyrighted and trademarked, so he couldn't take it away or break them up. But yeah, brawling brutes is just you know dumb. But they're not nothing against any of those guys. They're, but they're not main event talent they're not yeah you know sure. the, the 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 top ones um i don't i still don't like the fact that you get, you bring chairs and you and tables and candlesticks sure. and whatever uh it's not necessary you're because you're already in a cage and that's where the fight should be you don't need to add anything to that it's already there um i honestly thought the women's match was better the women's war games match was okay. hell of a lot better than the men. But the problem is, um, I already seen the war games after the women tore the roof off and they looked amazing and they did some great stuff, especially Rhea. Oh, Ripley. I see what you mean. Yeah. So why am I gonna watch another one? Watching one other one. I tell you, man, they the 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 women's war game match kind of blew any expectation I had. Yeah. I, it's, it's, that should have been the main event. I was, it should have been the main event. Because honestly, after it was over, I was done. Because Rhea was the only one I wanted to see, and she outshined, outshone everyone. Um, even taking the mist from from Oscar. Great moment. Uh, great, you know. Shout out to Kabuki and Muda. That was awesome. Still love a good misting. Uh, the way she takes the DDT, awesome. The way she looks, awesome. Everything. Um, the Oscar. Um, um, uh, Eel Sky feud that keeps going back and forth. Those guys they keep teasing. Yeah, teasing again. Great, great stuff. Becky being back, great. Um, I don't know how um Bianca makes that sound with her hair. Oh uh, God, that that's got to be legit, right? Yes, because she's not. There's slapping. no way you're faking that. She's not slapping anything when she whips that thing. It's no. Like, yes. So. I, it's got to be real because uh, one of my and I'm outing him is kind of harassing me, but I didn't care. Uh, one of the former managers at uh, Comcast had long dreads, like long dreads down to his knees or past it. Mm. And in sarcasm, in, in sarcasm, putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable, 
when I was being sarcastic, he'd whip me in the arm with one. You just, you'd hear whoosh. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It would hurt, man. So well, I, that has got to be legit. Well, I saw you. Have you, you might remember the NXT match when Bianca was still there. Who did she slap uh, across? Was it Sasha or somebody big? But you could saw the welt right across. So, again, it's, it's a great spot. And the fact that she did it at, at Survivor Series, at a premium live event. She's not doing it on for free on Monday Night Raw or yeah. SmackDown. Almost That's what made it special. That's when you bring something else like that out. So the War Games... The women's match was awesome. Great. Should have put After it last. That, I was I I I was done. I didn't as much as I, I will be honest, it. I w- I watched that match and then watched the rest of the next day. Yeah. I uh, didn't do that on purpose. It's just how it worked out, but that makes sense. As much as I'm enjoying the Sammy uh bloodline um storyline, um we'll see where it goes next. Still calling it um the Usos multi-year tag team reign will end uh will be ended by uh kevin owens and sammy hopefully at wrestlemania <laughs> you really um, think it's still gonna happen yes i thought see that's the i don't want to see that's the problem that is what kept that match in front that was a great story telling that entire night mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was great yeah it was uh but as far as the uh the war games uh after the women i didn't want to see another one the yeah. card itself was was great, but um, if you're going to do war games, do it one. That's what made it special. There was only one. Yeah. One. I understand. I understand your point. Maybe maybe you need to, depending on how important the story is, you need to either break it up into show or or do a different night. Do it at a different show altogether. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like. I called it years ago when we were saying that the, there was too many pay per views. I was like, listen, just make Survivor Series the new war games. You can have it to well here, here you go. You have the the semi-main event is the men or women doing a classic tag team survivor series match, blowing off that feud, and then the main event is the men or women doing the war game survivor series match. There you go, it just solved it. You're welcome. The only the other problem with war games now in this area, it doesn't end anything. Everyone that we saw at the war games face each other again on Monday. So it's yeah, they gotta stop that shit. It, just, I mean, and the and the feud, it's over. Moving no. on. And we had Bailey and and uh, her gang still against Becky and her gang, and the the uh, Judgment Day. Now I thought they didn't have a war games, but they had their own match last night against AJ and the Good Brothers, and they had it all over again with all ten of them, including Rhea and Mia, um, the ver on Monday. so we're doing it so nothing is settled. We're just that was just war games are just another match. Uh so it's not even you're not even blowing anything off. So it's like what well, so what's the point of war games? So I can't even give it a good grade because it didn't end anything. Um Holsbert says, I like that the mist had different effects for each color. Red felt like fire. Green was poison and black was a pure knockout. Uh, yeah. Referencing the, the mist, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I, can I ask a question? 
and this is based on conversation Dean and I were having last night because uh, he was asking, why are we hating Ronda Rousey again? Um, is she boring? No, I find could. I don't care. No, um, she's only wrestled 36 times yeah. in her whole life. She's terrible. And unless she's wrestling a veteran who knows how to lead her or to get a good match out of her, you're going to get terrible matches like like the kind you had on on Saturday in yeah. War Games. It was terrible. And people were booing not because they don't like Ronda Rousey anymore, because they don't like how she wrestles anymore, or that she wrestles at all. And obviously, this is not round. This is Ronda turning into the skid because while I'm here, you put the belt on me, so I guess I got to do something. But you know, she's not in it. If anything, you should have put the belt on on Shayna Baszler, who can go and who is, can and, go and has proven and that time. Let time Ronda again. be her manager slash enforcer. That way, she won't have to be in the ring all the time, and she can get back her reputation as the baddest woman on the planet, and just. Back up a leg- a real wrestler like Shayna, and there's your there's your heel team. There's your heel. Um, I was gonna say Heenan and whoever he's managing, but your heel manager wrestler combo. And for the women, that would be perfect. It doesn't work with Shayna managing um, uh, Ronda. It would work if Ronda was managing Shayna. Right. Understood. Yeah, you're right. Well. I guess uh, I guess we're gonna go ahead into I don't know, what are we even ending the year with? I don't even remember. Um, I know we got one more. I don't remember what it is. Is it? It's not Money in the Bank. No, that happened. What's it? WWE pay per views twenty premium premium live event. I'm typing pay per views. I don't fucking know. Uh. Oh, I guess they're going to... Uh, oh, they're doing that again. God damn it. See, this is stupid. What? So now, okay, now this is stupid. So I guess that's the last one of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this was last year. Sorry. Never mind. Well, they only have Survivor Series scheduled up to the Survivor Series. Is that it? Are they doing the January 1st WWE Day 1 bullshit again? don't know. Well, let me see. Is this a better list? Let me see here. Spring breaking. I don't remember that. SummerSlam, Clash of the Castle, stupid. Uh, oh, W. Well, no, that's that's NXT deadline. Yeah, so that's the last main show, main roster show, uh, uh, um, pay per view of the year. I'm not going to premium live. I'll never remember that. Is Survivor <laughs> Series War Games. Uh, the next premium show there i did it is nxt deadline and then uh we're into royal rumble there you go and i'll start the road to wrestlemania yay and then we'll only have one year until wrestlemania in philadelphia with an awesome liberty bell logo very happy Mm -hmm. about that yes and lots of snow on the ground lots of snow on the ground for today's women's stars i try to imagine how they'd look in the LPWA. Also, make Rousey or Flair against Thunder Rosa. And I, oh, man, I need Thunder Rosa on that roster. Why did they strip the title? Never mind. I, we'll do get into that next week. I forgot to research that. Is Thunder Rosa hurt? Yes. Okay. Legit. That's why they took off the title off right. her. That's why she's no longer 
Right. Uh, they better put that. They better put that back right the fact back on her when she comes back. Okay. And Rousey's not going to be anyone's flair. If anyone's going to be a flair, it's going to be Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, Craig, sir, it's time to say good night. Uh, Why don't you tell people where they can follow you on Twitter and yell at you about your wrestling hot takes, which are probably mostly right. If you yell, want to yell at me for my hot takes or anything else hot about me, uh, you can go to Twitter, Instagram, or <laughs> my big deck, uh, or Facebook. You said deck. I, I said deck. You know what I meant. But he means penis. What? No, he actually has a very long, he has a very long deck at the back of his house. It's right over a Mexican restaurant. It smells wonderful. Yes. My deck smells wonderful. It's a big hardwood deck. Yes. Got wood. Um, I'm so glad I've been able to stand uh, to be on your deck. I would like to have you on my deck, man. Yeah, I try right. to get as many people on my deck on as my possible. Deck as possible. Yeah. I try to get your friends on my deck. You know, yeah. a couple of them have accommodated me. He's the hot taker, dong, dong, <laughs> dong. Oh, dong! It's even better. Hey, all right, sorry, hey, guys. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I double G E O N S. I know a couple of you were waiting for my review of violent night but i'm obviously not there tonight i'm here doing this oh so. yeah uh, that's right what what happened to that uh no i'm already sick so um oh shit we were supposed to go to, together but it, mm, it comes out this friday so we'll see him on friday oh yeah well good but yeah. uh n- next week we'll be able to talk about that and black panther because nerd herders is next week instead of this week it's our last nerd herders of the year uh will be next wednesday at nine o'clock very much looking forward to that. Cannot wait. Uh, no, Wednesday or Tuesday. Yes, it's Wednesday. Um, yes. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, well, and also uh, Hive. And just Hive. Hive's the one I've gone to. I'm not going to Mastodon or the other 30 ones. Hive is the better one right now. Hive is what would happen if Twitter and Instagram had sex and had a baby. It's a nice little hybrid. Um, DanLaw83 on all social media platforms is what I mean. Uh, on YouTube, on Twitch, uh, Daniel 83. I know you're shocked on that. The HIC Talk Radio Network. Go to HICTalkRadio.com to listen to the podcast. And uh, Twitch, uh, excuse me, DanLaw.tv to watch us live every week. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything. I think that's it. I don't know. Just go to those sites and, and like the, the hit the button and, and give it. Come on. Yeah, give and for God's sake, keep it on the paper. Hey, hey, my line. Yes. That was for the fire thing. That was for the, that's for the, that's for the fire. fire. All right, all right. (laughs) Keep it on the paper.